now it's time to play. And welcome back to Wild Dream, where we give you the freshest takes on the latest movies. My name is David. And I'm Daniel. And this is the official beginning of the Halloween spooktacular month of horror. You're welcome. Month of what? Horror. Oh, okay. Sorry. I I heard something else. I heard slut. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So how how are we feeling about the spooky intro beat? Uh, I personally love it. I think Uh, Daniel's obsessed. Yeah, that's just a non-biased opinion from someone who made the song. I just, (laughs) you know. I have no stake in this game. I've made the song and that's it. That's all I did. Um, Yeah. But yeah, we're here. It's the the spooky season. If you haven't seen uh, the Instagram post, we did post a promo for this uh, episode. We got the spooky clothes on right now. We're in the spooky house right now. So we are fully immersed in the vibe, right? For sure. Now, how immersed were we in this movie? What did we go see, Dan? We saw Smile. We saw Smile. Smile. Um, This is a movie that's been promoted very heavily. I've seen this movie blowing up on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, Dave, but they've been having, they've been placing actors in sporting events to go smile. Like oh yeah, like they're doing plants at nope. sporting events and people are pointing them out and they'll wear a shirt that says "smile" on it and they just do the the s- supposedly scary smile right. thing. Um, well, Cooper Rush too. No, you don't have to pay me to smile, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think that and one of the interesting things about this to me is this again heavy marketing when this when the uh, trailer first came out. It went a little viral because of the the kind of creative jump scare at the end, if, I guess jump scare, um, where the neck bends down into the window of the car, and that turned into a meme. That kind of turned into a meme. Like people are you right. know, were using as it as you a meme. To me. So um, that kind of blew up, and now they're doing these plants where they're putting people at the you know stadiums, and I can't scroll without seeing smile in theaters September thirtieth. Like it's very very everywhere, and it's the reason that's interesting to me is because, and I don't mean to ruin some of the second half of this uh, podcast, but. Um, me and Michelle last year got really into horror short films, like on YouTube, <laughs> just watching those. Right. And uh, I found a, a, a few diamonds in the rough with those. A lot. Some of My them are actually. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, you cut out. I didn't hear what you said, but um, I'll, I'll just continue with what I was saying. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> he said, yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've uh, we've we had found some really good ones, and one of the really good ones. Uh, this guy, Julian Terry, I followed him on Instagram. He is friends with the guy who made this movie smile. So I've been seeing some behind the scenes stuff with this, where this was a short film that I guess a studio liked and was like, make it a, make it a feature length. And so it's a first time director ever with it being a first time director and it being a, a feature length that was born out of a short film. I'm just really surprised at how hard they have marketed this movie. It's like they must have really believed in this. And I don't know if that's because they think the movie is good or if that's because they just know, oh, October's coming. It's like right here, people are going to want the first. to go. Yeah, yeah, the first, exactly. It's like, what else, what other scary movie are you going to see? You know, it's us. So I don't know. It's just, it's surprising that um, the marketing has been so like prevalent 
for uh, you know kind of an unknown. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's evidence to the fact that you know we went to go see this on a Friday night. Cause, what are we going to watch a matinee for Smile? Hell no! On the spook Halloween spooktacular month of horror? Hell no! I Daniel suggested. I said no, absolute no. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did see this on a Friday night. You know, kind of opening weekend essentially, and like the theater was was packed. You know, the, like the, the the negative part about that is that we don't get to be as immersed in the film and really be paying attention as normal. I think it encourages me to talk more because I definitely talked more during this movie than I have during the last couple. But then at the same time, you also kind of get that like community experience with them where you guys are like groaning at the same stuff sometimes. And sometimes yeah. it's like like me and Daniel say all the time, we embrace and, and like and enjoy getting the opinions of other people, of people who think differently than us. It's an interesting for us to see other people. So there are times where someone else is like, oh, oh shit, oh my God. And me and Daniel are laughing. So like it's like that kind of dynamic when you go to see a horror movie in theaters, when there's other people there, they're definitely going to see things differently. And it's really interesting to see what parts they groaned at as well. And I was like, okay, so we're not just being assholes. You know what I'm saying? This movie was all over the place um, with reactions from the uh general audience um but i don't know I, I guess it's i guess we should go ahead and get into spoiler free talk here um yeah yeah i thought that this was I, there was like 30 percent of this movie that was so creative and awesome and cool and well done and um, essentially a short film's worth ironically of, <laughs> yes yeah. right so and yeah because i, I the reason I brought that up in this half instead of you know waiting for the second half is because I, I do think it provides context to the viewing experience because there's so much of this movie that just who cares who cares and it's just added because like it's added because you need to make a feature length out of a short film right, right. so um, it, it does suck that you know I'm that it was forced into this um, but yeah so the movie was um, it was below average in my opinion but. Um, that had such good moments that I really wish were the more focal point of the movie or like what it was more focused. Like, like if it was flipped on its head and 70% of it was that and 30% yeah, was, yeah. was filler, I think I right. would have forgiven that filler a lot more. Yes. But because it was 70%, you know, filler and 30%, you know, high quality, um, you know, filmmaking, then that that's what's frustrating. Yeah. But, yeah. And I, 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 uh, I think some of the camera work was at least ambitious. It maybe if not original, um, you know, it's not, it's not very original, but it's ambitious. And, um, I appreciate that. I like, I like something nice to look at, but the color palette of this movie was just bleak, like gray, blue, dark like, purple. It was so like pastels almost. Yeah. Pastel. -y. Yeah. It was so boring to look at personally. Like it made me sleepy. And not that you want, like, you know, a Dr. Seuss movie out of a horror movie, but, <laughs> right. but at the same time, go look at Saw. I mean, the color combinations in Saw, you know, definitely contribute to the vibe of that movie. And I think I brought up Saw like, in the last, like, five episodes. Maybe. I'm not, like, a diehard Saw fan, okay? But I do think that, you know, when it comes to horror, like, here's my thoughts on horror. Because I am a horror student, I feel like. And the majority of the movies that I make are horror or horror-adjacent and so because of that, you know, what I understand is that there have been all time greats in the horror scene that aren't just greatest horror directors of all time, but considered greatest directors of all time. And there's these like every generation has their like guy. Right. 
and then those guys get studied and you know copied and you know and they they brought something original and new to the to the genre that ever other everyone else either copies or try you know goes you know inspired by or based off whatever and so because of that there's so few horror movies that come out on a consistent basis that reach a certain bar for me and so the issue that i had with this movie is that it had so much potential. If it didn't have any potential, I would not have cared. And I would have just said this movie sucks and I don't care. And it's just another factory made whatever. And the people who made it are just doing it for the money. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I wish I could just say that. But there was a, there was some heart in this movie. But at the same time, it feels like a movie that they took a creative and interesting and, and outgoing person who wanted to do something different and said, oh, no, the studio is paying you to make this movie. Not the movie you want to make, but the movie that we're paying you to make. And so yeah. because of that, what ends up happening is this movie has a structure that follows the same structure as other horror movies that are in the genre of, you know, so bad it's bad. So, you know, you have so bad it's bad, so bad it's good, good, and then great, you know. And this is so bad it's bad, you know, not like, and I didn't want it to be, you know. And so, yeah, that, that's that was that was my frustration. If it was leaned more towards the ambitiousness and leaned more towards the creative things that were done with it, then it could have been a really, you know, it could have turned out really well. I mean, me and Daniel were mocking this movie before it came out. <laughs> like we were making yeah, fun of the concept. Right. Because I think I think it's a bold choice to make a movie that is based entirely, at least, you know, th- this is the way it was you know, promoted is. It's based entirely on if you think that people tilting their head down and smiling is scary, then you'll be scared. If you don't, well, the movie's called Smile. So what do you what do you think's gonna happen yeah. in it? What do you like think the, the creepiness like, yeah. comes from? It's like when you make a movie about clowns and you're capitalizing on people afraid of clowns. It's like yeah. if you're not afraid of clowns, the movie's not gonna be scary. It's just such a narrow like it's such a narrow concept of, as as far as how it was promoted. And that me and Daniel in, also said we're not scared of that. Right. So we were a, mocking it. It was a really goofy like trailer and it was a goofy goofy promotions, goofy poster, and I, I was just it felt really goofy to me. And um that's why, you know, luckily when I talk about that 30%, you know, that I th- really loved in this movie, it was, it was so more, so much more beyond that. And also the story structure, I think kind of what you're alluding to is it, it does have a deeper meaning than just, oh, scary thing, go, wow, you know, and it is, exactly. oh, there's, there's a theme of trauma in this movie. And, and, and I think that if you, I think we're very lucky to not uh, have to connect that hard with this specific type of trauma. Right. Right. But I think people who have gone through what the character, the main character has gone through or something adjacent to that will probably connect with this movie a lot more than we did, because, again, we're fortunate enough to not have to connect with, you know, the dark theme of this movie. Right. So I I think that that's another thing, too. It's like that doesn't mean that what they showed was bad. It just means I didn't connect with it, you know. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the last thing I'll say here in the spoiler free talk is, um, that, you know, first of all, my one of my biggest issues with this movie was that it relied on really, really cheap jump scares. And again, I don't mind jump scares and I can be, you know, lured into a jump scare. But these jump scares were cheap. And the difference between a cheap jump scare and a you know proper jump scare is does that jump scare? Is it motivated in the movie? 
right? So if there's an instance in which somebody is being followed and they turn their head and someone's there and boom, that's motivated. And that's common. But a cheap jump scare is the shit like something scary is happening. Boom, phone rings or a car horn or whatever. And they had like way too many of these. Yeah. And so those are true cheap and they're boring and they're unnecessary and they're just bad. And I hated that. But what I will say, you know, possibly about this movie is that it also reminded me of some of the better horror movies that I've seen. And like you said, does have like, like really stronger themes and and metaphors. My, like my issue with that is that the metaphors become too literal. And if they hadn't, then again, that's, that's part of that 30%. The metaphor itself is part of this 30%. When that becomes literal is part of that 70%. So we're going to go into the spoiler talk here now. All right. Spoiler Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. All right. Smile is about the following. After witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she cannot explain. Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. Yeah, I what I told Daniel at the end of this movie was I, this movie was It Follows meets Final Destination 3. And I and I do mean like, like the third one specifically. And the reason why is that You know, in this movie, there is some aspects of it that remind me of It Follows in terms of the inherent creepiness of being watched or being followed by a creature. And then, of course, also the concept of like the creature is following you through it's passed along from person to person. And then if it gets to you, you're going to die and blah, blah, blah. So that kind of aspect reminded me of It Falls, but then also, there was also like a, a scene with a, a tall, very tall. Yes. They 100% stole yeah, that from that. It and, reminded me of that. And what's funny is that that shot is mentioned by horror movie experts as like one of the most creative things that someone has done in a horror movie in the last like 20 years. Like I, I love that shot too. And to find out that it was very original and creative when they did it, and then to see like so many people copy that, it's like, oh, here we go. Here's the cycle. You know, someone does something new with the genre and here comes the copy. Um, so, you know, it, it, that's uh, that, that definitely <laughs> like kind of pissed me off. When yeah, I saw there's it. some parallels for sure. This this was a very inspired movie, I will, yeah. I will say. Like, and then the final destination the thing, the final destination thing is like it's it's like. I figured something out that no one else has figured out yet, but this has happened before. And let me go and investigate with a cop. And, and that, that like when I was talking about like that structure, it's, it's like all these shitty movies that have come out over the last couple of years. And it's just like, there's so much new horror and there's so very rarely good horror coming out, uh, at least in America. And, you know, the issue with that is that, they followed the same structure, the same structure, even that malignant did, at, at, you know, in, to, to a certain degree and movies like Ouija and like uh, Taylor, as soon as I told Taylor about the movie, she brought up truth or dare, which that was, is just like truth or dare, which they even had the smiling in truth or dare. Like they even had like a smiling demon character. And it's like, here's the structure, you know, someone is in, in the normal, right? They encounter someone who's dealing with this same thing, the, the, the thing, the bad thing in the movie. And then they, you know, start experiencing it themselves. They, you know, they thought that that person was crazy. Now they're going crazy and people don't believe them. So then they team up with a detective or a cop or someone, which they do. 
And then they start to investigate it and they go and they find the clues and they realize that they're not crazy and this has happened before. <laughs> and then there's always the someone survived this. Someone's alive who experienced this. I got to go talk to that person. And that person gives them, gives them the docs ex machina, you know, dos, deus ex machina. A solution to the problem they go and try and you know do it without doing what that person exactly told them to do because like in final destination the girl tells her you're just gonna die like there's nothing you can do about it so you know it's like then they go and then they try and solve it themselves and then climax movie ends right <sighs> okay now let's talk about this movie now that you have the framework the movie starts out with a scene of a woman who looks dead and she's like very blue in the face and her lips are like, you know, all crusty and everything. And she's laying down on the side on her bed on, on her bed. And she's like, you know, yeah, she, she looks like, like maybe not completely dead all the way, but like groaning, whatever. And then a little girl walks into the room and then cut to, and it's our main character, the doctor. Yeah. And this already, uh, this opening scene reminded me a little bit of midsummer when, um, the scene of her sister, you know, with the yes. car exhaust t taped to her mouth. Now that, again, one of the most impactful and creative and new things I've someone has put on camera. There have been more disgusting things put on camera, like gore and violence. And that shot is the most haunting thing I have seen in years. Is that the shot in Midsummer? Yeah, that one st is definitely one that sticks out for me in that movie too. Um, especially because I'm like I'm a lot lower on Midsummer than most people I've talked to. Um, I'm so, high as fuck on Midsummer. <laughs> I'm high on Midsummer. Uh, yeah, I, Midsummer and Hereditary both nine out of ten horror movies for me. Yeah, see, Hereditary is one of my all-time favorite horror movies, and I still think it's like a seven because the that movie when it starts getting into the seance ghost shit, it is so fucking stupid. I, I, I have to not. I have to categorize it by horror movies. Otherwise, I, ever, otherwise, the best horror movie of all time will be a seven out of ten. Yeah, you know but I'm, I'm just saying that like that, even as a horror movie, I just it just it, that it was so bad. I, I just hate it. Um, I, I'm not a fan at all of someone's voice being someone else's voice in a seance and shit. That is so goofy. It will never be scary to me. I do think, especially hearing you mention it follows in that the the tall guy hallway scene, and thinking of Midsummer that opening sh that opening scene of the sister. One of the things that stands out in my mind is how well the the or how good the score is in both of those. That score is in my head with both of those scenes. So it's like the the music really like it follows was like okay to me as a movie, but the score, the music was so good. I loved the music in that movie and it just heightened the movie for me and made it, you know, more interesting to me. And especially with details, how, yeah, especially details. with how stylized and, and neon and you know bright that movie was, the score matched while still being spooky sounding. Um, yeah. But and they yeah, kept the era of that movie like you know, they, like, oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. ominous, you know, or, or, or you know, ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. I, I just the the music in this movie just was not enough. It was not good enough. Um, but yeah, I, I this opening. I guess it's this is the opening scene, right? But it's not the opening of the movie. Right. Right? Uh, do you want to kind of go into... I mean, it's pretty simple. She's a doctor. Yeah, so she's a doctor <laughs> you know? at a, like... Uh, so she's, she's a psychiatrist or a therapist um, at, like, a, you know, emergency trauma center, right? So these are, like, people who typically don't have insurance and things like that. Like, you know, 
She's not making a ton of money. She could be making way more money as a private therapist. But, you know, she's like, even though she lives in an amazing house. Right. That's what they never mentioned what her husband does. And I I was like, bro, come on. I love that movies. Even the cop in this movie has an incredible apartment space. They keep saying that she doesn't have any money. She doesn't make a lot of money. Like all the shit. But basically, yeah. So she's a like she's a trauma doctor. Right. Um, that's going to come into play. Remember the word trauma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she is told, you know, there's a scene where she is meeting with one of her you know, recurring patients. Uh, and he's like, this guy is like, my mom's going to die. Sister's going to die. Everyone's going to die. I'm going to die. You're going to die one day. I'm going to die. Whatever. And then she goes to, you know, try and you know talk to him and calm him down. Uh, and then, you know, he kind of has like a bit of an episode and starts to freak out, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of shows like, okay, this is what she does for a living. You know, yeah. She so with, she's, she's caring. She's very caring. She's, she, patient. she's patient. Yes. Yeah. All the things that you want this type of doctor to be. So then she has this interaction with this younger lady and this young girl is like, in, like when I say young, I mean like in her like early twenties. Um, and so, you know, she has like bags under her eyes and she has like some scratches on her face, you know, it seems like, and you can't really tell if they're like self-inflicted or not. And some of them are scars. Her clothes are dirty. A little bit torn up, you know, all this stuff. And so, you know, our doctor is trying to, you know, figure out what's going on with her. And she kind of gives the premise of this movie. She's saying, I'm seeing something. And, you know, the doctor's like, oh, it's, you know, you're seeing hallucinations or, you know, it's a lack of sleep, whatever. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, this is real. And what I'm dealing with is very real. And like, I've actually seen this thing. And if it gets to me, it's going to hurt me and blah, 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 all this stuff. And she's like, I'm a you know PhD student, and I'm like, you know, like she's talking very calmly, which we'll get to this later. But I like the way that this girl acted. I like her reaction to this because she's like, okay, now I have an opportunity to speak with someone who I quote unquote trust, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Let me explain this. She's like, okay, there's someone following me. You know, what I'm saying there's this thing. I keep seeing this thing, you know. Every time the girl who plays the doctor tries to talk to someone, she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, breathe. First of all, yeah, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, she would do that. I'm not crazy. I'm, 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 I'm like, for not a moment is she not hyperventilating. And that bothered right. me so much. I'll tell you what did bother me about this scene is uh, this is kind of silly, but the the girl who's playing the troubled young lady and the girl who's playing the therapist, the main character, they both look really similar to me. Yeah. I, I don't, think they did that on purpose. I mean, all white people look alike to me. That's fair. But like, she's like just trying to like see like because I think like seeing herself in this girl. And I think that was the point of the Ph.D. line. Too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, this girl is like, you know freaking out and she like turns away and then you know you think that she's going to turn back and the doctor's going to be smiling at her that doesn't it's not what happens you know i'm glad that they Yeah they do that. these really shallow depth of field close up shots that are, are perfectly setting centered. up yeah, yeah it's like setting up for one of these times when they cut it's going to be something you know yeah and what what's interesting is that which is good it built, it actually built tension i think it was it had me a little yeah and so what what's interesting about these shots is that i so like when they say, they say, when you know the rules, then you can break them. Know the rules first, then you can break them. Right. So I shot a movie one time and I was working with my friend, Ryan, who's a really talented videographer uh, and, and cinematographer. And I was, you know, I, I had planned this shot, you know, that was like center frame. And he was like, he was like, he basically told me, he's like, don't do that. Like, it's going to look bad. And he's like, it's jarring. 
and people and unappealing. You know, people don't like it when a character is perfectly centered or whatever. And I was like, I don't care about this shot at all. So let's just shoot it like this. And he was 100% right in the editing. I was like, damn, I really wish I would have shot it differently. You know, whatever. And so I had like Ryan's voice in the back of my head, like kind of explaining this to me when they did this because they showed like they centered the, the two characters and it was unnerving and it did make me un- uncomfortable. Right. And it's like, oh, but this is like know the rules. So then you can break them. So now you're trying to make people feel uncomfortable, making fe- people feel closed in and and not feeling the space of the room. Right. And that's kind of like part of what they were doing with the scene. So the way that it was shot, I thought it was like, oh, these were really good decisions that were made because it very much helped build this scene that has to be purely dialogue. You know what I'm saying? And so they did something a little bit more dynamic with that. Again, this is, I, for me, this is in that 30%, right? <laughs> but yeah, then, I agree. I like this scene too. Yeah. Um, so then the girl completely freaks out and she starts screaming and she's, and again, there's nothing in the room. She doesn't see anything. Starts crawling up against the wall and she's like, you know, seems like she's choking or someone's choking her or whatever. And so the doctor goes, and now this is something I didn't like. <laughs> you work in a trauma care where in like, you know, mental health facilities, especially trauma-based mental health facilities, Everyone who is in those places is either a suicidal or B homicidal, right? That is the typical, like, and I know it's like boiling down to simplicities, but that's the typical clientele that you get in those, those areas. Right. So the fact that she goes to the phone and turns her back to this girl, I thought was really stupid. I was like, no, no trauma care doctor would do that. Would just completely turn their back to them. Right. They would either leave the room or stay, stay facing her. But for the purpose for of the, the scene. Right, exactly. It's like you have to have her turn away. Yeah. Um, yeah. That You're right. Yeah, she would back up and keep her eyes on her at all times. But um, yeah, that we know where this is going, right? Anyone who's watching this knows, yeah. okay. So she, she turns, she her, turns back. her back. She so now when the she phone turns, and says, hey, someone yeah. come into this room. So you know that when she turns back around to look, she's something's not going to be right, right? Either she's not going to be there or she's going to be someone different, whatever. And she's once not, you know it, she's not she's there. She's not there. But pan to the right, and now she's staring at her with a smile. The aforementioned titular smile. smile. <laughs> um, and, and it is a out, little creepy. Okay. That's it's a what, little bit creepy. This is what I was about to say. Out of all of the creepy, quote-unquote, smiles in the entire movie, this is the only one that worked. Hers was good. It's a facial thing. My it When I do the thing. smile face... It doesn't work for everyone. When I try and do the smile, I look. (laughs) (laughs) But when Daniel does it, he looks creepy AF. Daniel nominated for best smile in high school. I didn't win. Did not win. What? Yeah. Tracy Norman won. Bro, come on. Or or someone. I don't remember. I don't even. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even care. I don't think about it every fucking day. Um, But uh, (laughs) shout out Tracy Norman. So if Daniel had won, he wouldn't be able to do this creepy smile. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I was uh, not which, nominated. Yeah, which for we will <laughs> talk about later because there's some real uh, missteps with the whole smile uh, part of the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this chick nails it. She's I mean, she's a great actress. I mean, when she was freaking out, saying there's something. I mean, she looked genuinely terrified. So I liked her and, performance. In both, in both aspects of knowing that this is a horror movie and that it's actually going to be scary. And also, if you put yourself in the mindset of the doctor watching this, it would also be terrifying. It would be very scary. To witness somebody have like this level of a mental breakdown, essentially. So, yeah. Yeah. So then comes the, you know, climax of this scene, which was so great. Yeah. And she is holding a like piece of glass in her hand and she starts to cut her face 
Which again, they stay on the gore. They, they show stay it. All, yeah, they, they actually they show it. They don't shy away in this movie very much, except for I'll tell you later. <laughs> but slices down her face and then curves around to slit her own throat. Like again, thirty percent of this movie starting on her face. So good. That was so. I was like, oh my god, like that <laughs> is haunting. For her to start on the face. And then she slits her throat and she falls to the ground with the same creepy smile on her face as blood gushes out of her neck and the orderlies come in. Yes. And they have like this weird like Dutch shot for it. Mm-hmm. So good. I was like, and then, and then and opening then, credits. Then opening credits, which I liked again. I was like, okay, the style that's happening right now, I really appreciate. Because yeah, they do the, oh, here's the production company credit. Here's this credit. And then it does this shot where it just goes down. Zooms into the therapist, uh, the main character's eyes, really, really deep, all the way into the pupils, black screen, and then like this pulsing red. Yeah, an insidious neon. type of. Yeah, it reminded me of Gaspar Noe, like the way that Irreversible does their uh, title credits, Into the Void does their title. Like he, he's very extra with that shit. Yeah, and this was a way more toned down version of that, but it was just so stylized. I was like, this is fucking cool. Yeah, so great opening scene uh, with. The sequence, yeah, yeah. Great opening title, you know, title card and everything. And Intro. Yeah, it was just like, it was really solid, but then that's where we start to get into the dragging, boring. Yeah, here, here comes your 70%. N- yeah, first, necessary first to shot. make it two hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So Daniel talked about, you know, ambitious camera work. This is true. There is ambitious camera work. Now, he didn't say creative. He didn't say innovative. And he didn't say good. <laughs> He said ambitious. <laughs> One of the very the very next shot is this like 90 degree Dutch angle from the top of the room facing the doctor's office for her to put her jacket on and then leave. And then it cuts away. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. It was like after she talked to Harold and Kumar. <laughs> she talks to Kumar. Yeah, Kumar from Harold and Kumar is in this movie. And I was like, the, he like he's a regular character. And I'm just like. Who told you you were allowed to just act now? You yeah, can't, and you, you know don't ever get to do that. Sorry, but like, yeah, he's, I gotta say, he's not a good actor. I, I, there's something about his performance that felt so scripted. You did not need a good performance for that character. I know, it's such a bait, it's such an, you could have gotten anyone, anyone, and you chose Kumar. Yeah, to just wear a jacket and have a pin and, you know, and just say, that's not right. Anyway, see you later. <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, the way he, he pushes the plot, like an inch every time he's on screen. You know right. what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, th- this character... She yes. works a lot. She works a lot. That's what we learn. Um, she's... Not only is she overworked, but now she had this crazy traumatic event happen where she just watched someone uh, slit their throat in front of her, which is very traumatic and triggering for her because she is the little girl from the opening, very opening scene that saw her mom um, pass away in front of her uh, from suicide. So, Right, and so we yeah. get a... Okay, now can I say something real quick about dream sequences? Okay. Oh, yeah, we have some more dream sequences in here. We do have dream sequences. Yeah. However... However... There's a difference between a dream sequence and a flashback. And sometimes a movie will do a flashback as a dream sequence that does not count as a dream sequence. Why? Because what happened in the flashback as a dream sequence actually happened. And if it actually happened, it is important to the movie. It's a memory, not a dream. It's a memory, not a dream. Okay. So. Yeah. There's a dream sequence, quote unquote, 
it's done really well. It's right after this happens, and it's the first night that she, you know, goes to sleep. Now, before this, you know, before she goes to sleep, she goes home and rightfully so immediately goes to the wine, pours herself a glass of wine, starts drinking it. Now, here's one of the things. Here's a, here's part of your 70 percent. OK, the, 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 it, this is not a, you know, this is not a whole percentage. It's in itself. But here's something that bothered me about this movie. This bitch does not own a TV or a tablet or a speaker or yeah. a fucking yeah. anything. She just goes home to silence and darkness. She doesn't play music for herself. She doesn't watch TV. She does nothing. That is she doesn't sad. even look at social media on her phone. You know what's sad is I didn't even notice that. Um, and I think that's because, like I said, this palette for this movie was so cold and dead and boring that like it just kind of fit where I didn't even question it. I didn't notice that, but now that you point that out, it's like, damn, that is so weird. That is so like serial killery. Yeah, like it's, I don't it, know. It's like it, it again. The reason why it, may, it bothers me is that it sets up horror, but it's just so cheesy horror to me because I'm like, really, you went into the kitchen to pour yourself a glass of wine without the lights on. You went to go grab a glass out of the cabinet without turning the lights on. My kitchen is adjacent to my dining room where the lights are on in my dining room. I'll still turn the lights on in the <laughs> right, kitchen right. if I'm grabbing something out of the cabinet. Yeah. So it's just like, like that kind of bothered me. But then you get this like sequence where she's like, you know, she sees the girl from earlier in the day yes. in the corner. And like Daniel said, her smile is the only creepy smile. Yes. So at this and it actually like, I think that this scene, I think it looked creepier oh, yeah. being obscure. Right, because it's the, very the lighting very, is very yeah, it's very dim. dark, and it's like she's kind of outside looking through the window ish or whatever, and like it's just like a silhouette of that girl. It was really creepy. Is all I'm it saying. was yeah. I, it, and, uh, to bring and, up Hereditary again, you remember that scene where she, where Tony Collette's character is going through some of the her mom's stuff after she passes in the attic, and then she turns the light off and sees an apparition of her mom just staring at her and smiling. Yeah. And then she turns the light on and it's gone. Th that scene was just so haunting to me. It was really, really creepy. And like, I got the same feeling from this right. shot as well. And I just really appreciate what's, it. What's interesting about it is like, okay, so we talked about a little bit earlier about, you know, the movie, like I said, if the greatest horror movie of all time, you know, like take that movie, it's probably a seven out of a 10. So that's why you kind of have to categorize horror in a different setting. What's a nine out of 10 horror movie for me? Well, it's the original Halloween. And I think a lot of horror movie fans will agree with that. And part of the reason why that movie is scary is because it doesn't do jump scares. It's literally just a dude in that mask standing outside of someone's window. And like when he when it's like you have these great shots where when you see it, boom, you're scared. And he didn't even have to show you. It didn't even have to tell you, you know, and I think that that is something that I want to copy all the time. It's something that like, every movie I make, I'm like, oh, I want to do a Halloween shot. And this isn't quite that because you're expecting it and you're looking for it. And that, you know, it's, it's center right frame. Yeah, it's center frame. On it. Yeah, yeah. But it follows that same motiv of it doesn't have to jump at you to be scary. Yeah, this it doesn't is one have to be scary, loud. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, yeah, it doesn't have this to be This is over one the of top. the actual yeah. scariest parts of the movie yeah, to me. And like Daniel said, because this girl's face is also, you know, matches. And like I said, I can't do it. Daniel can do it. There's someone in the movie later that we'll talk about that it just would not work no matter what because of her face. It's just like, so this girl, it works. And at this point, tell me if you feel the same way. At this point, I was like, okay, maybe this gimmick won't be as silly as I thought. Yes. Yeah, I did. I was like, okay, the smiling thing might it actually work. It is crazy. Work. Yeah, it is it creepy. It works. Um, yeah. Um, we were wrong. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But, yeah. then, but then you get that dream sequence that we were talking about, right? It's just the memory again of that we saw in the beginning. And this is when I leaned over to Dana. And I was like, oh, her mom killed herself. And that's why she became a psychiatrist. And this is like bringing back memories, which kind of made me think of like short term 12. Like the whole point of short term 12 is that everything that happens in the movie happens because the girl who comes into the short term house reminds Grace of uh, the things that happened to her. So I thought that that was like, like, like when I said earlier that they intentionally made this girl look like her and, you know, be a PhD student and all those things because she sees herself in her. I think that that was intentional. And if not, I'm, I'm just deciding that it was. Yeah, that's fair. So a train's character, a- Trevor, we won't call him by his name. A train. We'll call him by his we'll name. We'll call him by Trevor. Trevor. Thank you. His character's name. So a train's a train. <laughs> his character is the most, like it's not even one dimensional. His character, like seriously, his character in this movie is, I wear a suit and I go, what are you doing? Rose, what are you doing? That's his character. The whole fucking movie. We talked last week about about chemistry, right? Chemistry between two actors who were supposed to be dating. Oh my God, there was less than no chemistry between these two fucking characters. And she was trying so hard to make it seem like they actually loved each other and were fucking getting married to each other. And he was just not interested in that part of the movie at all. And it's like his performance as A-Train isn't mind-blowing or anything, but I expected more, a little bit more. Yeah. Something. But yeah, like what you said is just like. He didn't have much of a chance. He didn't I mean, even have one dimension. Yeah, the character was like so forced into this movie. Again, this this character is just like Kumar, who's. Whose character's name <laughs> is Dr. Harold and Kumar. Dr. Whitecastle. Because Cal Penn, Daniel, the, the actor. actor's name, who plays, who plays, whose name is, uh, one second, is, is, hey Siri, what is, Dr. Morgan. Dr. Morgan. Which we knew. Which we knew. Um, I actually, I, I call him Dr. Morgan and I'm like, wait, that's Cal Penn. I'm right. so you, he, the iconic character. I keep forgetting. Like yeah. when I watch Harold Kumar, I'm like, wait, is that Dr. Morgan? Is that, yeah. What is this? Harold and Dr. Morgan? Um, I mean, John Cho. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Cut everything we've said up to this point. Okay. All right. So, hey guys, welcome to Wild Dream. Where we give you the freshest takes. Of the- <laughs> Trevor's character is just like Dr. Morgan's character in that. Every time he's in the movie, he moves the plot forward an inch, right? Which makes it frustrating. <laughs> so um, he comes in, you know, in, in the scene where she sees the girl in the in her kitchen because she drops the glass. And he's like, is there anything that I can do for you, baby? Like this character starts out as like a in her corner type of guy. And I guess it's just so that he can rationally get out of her corner later. Um, well, rational to me, at least. I don't think it's supposed to be super I don't rational know. It, it felt like a switch like a light switch it's just it wasn't gradual it wasn't gradual at all but i'm just saying she starts going actually insane and he's like you're what are you talking about you're being crazy and she's like don't fucking call me crazy um uh, sorry um i'm not crazy um but the thing is you know and he's like i married a crazy ass white bitch god you know what i mean like that's literally the vibe i got oh yeah i was gonna and say it felt that natural but well, it was just like <laughs> But yeah, they start. He, his character starts as like a. Remember, they're they're having dinner with her sister and her brother in law. Yeah, and that's like, like what happens right after. They're they like, get, you need to fucking make money if you're gonna be doctors. Fucking make some money. And then she's like, I don't care. I don't. And then her husband or fiance, sorry, A Train, he's like, um, Trevor. A <laughs> Train is like, 
you know, she actually does this because she actually cares. She would do it for free if she could. And he touches her like on her thigh and it's like, oh, like. Yeah. And Hillary I'm, Swank is like, this is really Yeah. Nice. Hillary Swank, <laughs> dude. Yes. Um, yeah. But so I don't know. That's about as much as he gets as far as character. Like, Oh, yeah. They, the, the conversation that she but has his character with her is sister. Literally, I wear a suit and I get home late from work. Like that's it. That is his character. Yeah. Like it's that so, scene. So the yeah. scene that with with the dinner scene is actually what happens right after they drop the glass. Gun. So I'm all over the place. This movie was kind of all over the place, too. But yeah. Um, so they have the scene where they're, they're talking to her sister and her sister's husband. Basically, yeah, the, the whole the whole scene of her talking with her sister just boils down to this. Her sister's a bitch and her husband's an asshole. <laughs> there yep, you go. Done. Done. So they move on. And this is when the actual dream sequence happens. OK, now we're now we're chronologically caught up. Uh, dream memory sequence. And then she goes back to work the next fucking day. What the hell? Insane. Insane. So she is walking through the hallways, and this scene is in the trailer, so I'm sure most of you have seen it, but basically she's walking through the hallways as she passes one of the doorways. There's a guy who's creepily smiling at her, and it's the guy from earlier. Carl, the mister, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Yeah. So she is, like, trying to snap him out of it. You know, she's still, like, she hasn't, like, accepted any of this shit. It's, like, happening. Right. She's still kind of, This is still act one, right? Right. So she's trying to snap him out of it, and he starts, and then. Literally. Yeah. Literally snaps him. (laughs) What he ends up doing is going back to his, you're going to die. She's going to die. My mom's going to die. Everyone's going to die. Blah, blah. And, but while he's still smiling like that, and then he's like, starts going, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. And he starts like ramping up and getting in her face. And she's like, which by the way, this was still not necessary. And they talk about it later in the movie. She like calls over the people. She, this guy needs to be restrained. He's going fucking crazy. Okay. So y'all going to come beat his ass. And so the orderlies come in, right? And when they come in, cuts back to him, and he's actually laying down in his bed sleeping. So right. this is like, how you know, oh, like, she's not seeing reality. Like, something's not right. Yeah. And so she doesn't really see that, you know, when she turns back, but she sees him kind of getting taken by the guys, and they're, like, putting restraints on him. He's freaking out and screaming all this stuff, of course, because he got woken up by <laughs> some huge right. man, like, restraining him. Uh, and then, you know, she has the It was scene. sad. It was a kind of a sad scene to see him. Yeah. It, it was. And it but was really fucked up. it was not scary. Him doing the whole, you're gonna die, you're gonna, it was just like, yeah, and again, ugh, his face so doesn't, cringe. is not scary. It is not. He, he doesn't does not have a scary one smile. of the scary smiles. That's right. Uh, and it's a little ugly, but it's not scary. Yeah. So Dr. Morgan, basically, he's like, uh, this guy has been coming in here in and out of this place forever, and he's never experienced aggressive behavior. And she's like, no, I swear, you don't believe me? What do you, what do you, what do you, you don't yeah. believe women? She goes, a little Karen here. She goes, a little Karen. And he's like, listen. You just saw something horrible that happened to a patient of yours. So maybe you were thinking that any slight inconvenience, maybe he needed to be restrained, blah, blah, blah. So he actually explains it very rationally in the way that, you know, a proper psychologist would probably, you know, perceive the the situation. Right. Dr. Morgan tells her, hey, take a couple of weeks off paid. You know, you need to get some sleep. You know, you work 80 hours, blah, blah, blah. She's like, fine. So she goes home. This, this kind of, again, this is part of the structure. Oh, that's always it, in every movie like this. The person has to have some reason why they have a bunch of fucking free time to go around <laughs> and, and talk to people and, and investigate like and, and investigate. Google. Blah, blah. Oh, can we talk about the Google thing really quick? That comes up later. I'll tell oh, it's okay. later. Okay, 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 okay. We'll say it later. Okay, but don't yeah, forget because Google's coming up. I love. I oh yeah. We also learned the cop. Who, which by the way, the scene of the cops oh. talking to her after her patient killed herself in front of her was intended to be funny, but it just came off really unnatural and kind of like disrespectful in a way. Uh, but anyways, we learn later that the one of the cops that 
you know, talk to her was her ex-boyfriend because he comes to the hospital and they have this super awkward scene. Actually, pretty well done to, you know, kind of establish their relationship. They have more chemistry. They 100% have more chemistry. You know what else has more chemistry? The two characters in Get Out have more chemistry than (laughs) Trevor and Dr. Cotter. Cotter. That's what I said. (laughs) So she goes home. Again, no fucking lights in the house. Right. Earlier in the movie, we saw that they have a security system set up in their house. So, you know, it's just like when you show a gun in the first act, it has to happen in the third act. Well, in a horror movie um, that's not really well put together, you show something two scenes ago, it's going to come up two scenes later. So in this movie, she's at home alone, no lights on, no music playing, no fucking nothing just an empty house that also does not look lived in at all there's no glasses yeah there's no, but yeah to- totally empty house uh and then then the alarms go off there's no one in the house she doesn't see anyone or anything then you have the the next cheap jump scare the phone rings this is a very common cheap jump scare you know she answers the phone and she's like they're like, hey, you know, we want to know what your security password is, blah, blah, And, you know, she tells them and then she's like, yeah, they're like, OK, are you alone in the house? OK, this conversation with the person, this is part of the 30 percent. All right, Dan, you want to you want to play out the conversation? Right? Yeah, yeah. This uh, this scene, there's a couple of scenes in this uh, uh, movie that which I, I've, I've said this a couple times on the podcast history. There's a couple scenes in this movie that remind me of a video game, <laughs> and this one reminded me of PT. If you've never played PT, it's one of the scariest games I've ever played, easily. For me, it's um, the scariest game I've ever played. Yeah, this reminded me of that because um, the uh, security phone operator is trying to ask her some information. Are you alone? She tells her um, the back door is open, um, which was creepy. It, it, to me, it was just like the idea of... You should be alone, but now there's confirmation you're probably not is so scary to me. Um, and then the music drops. The music drops a little bit, and the phone operator asks her, Well, did you let someone in? And she's like, No. And she goes, Are you sure? Are you sure you didn't let someone in, Rose? And so it just like it, it, it gets really scary. It's really intense. And they start this really slow zoom. Slow zoom into the back of the main character's head. And she goes, are you sure you didn't let someone in, Rose? Look behind you. That is so it fucking creepy. It was so scary. That, it was so yeah. good. They do the same thing in PT with the radio. It says, <clears throat> look behind you. And that's even scarier in a game because you have to physically move the sticks and turn around. Yeah, you have to or scare you yourself. Or else you can't move on. But, so it's but like, still, they set this up still, the same way yeah. they did in PT. And this, and me and Daniel were like looking at each other when she said that and like both like, oh my God, I'm scared. Like we were like, yeah. like I'm actually scared right now. It worked. It worked. And then what do they do? Another fucking cheap jump scare. There's nothing behind her. Which and the phone can. rings again. It, I was so excited to be scared. Yeah. yeah. And then because me and Daniel both like had this sigh of like, oh, God yeah, damn. Yeah, like, like, damn. Y'all had such a good opportunity to do something good right there. And yeah. you did it. But instead, the but, phone rings again. Yeah. And instead, you do another cheap jump scare. I'm and like, they're like, hey, this is the, it's the same people that just called. And it's like, you don't have to do that because it's very obvious that that was not a real call. And that's, what's worse is that they do this again. Yeah, they do this multiple times in the movie. And I and I had even said, I, they, they call it, the phone rings again. That's the jump scare instead of it being something way cooler and scarier. Um, she answers. It's the same exact phone lady giving this, you know, scripted greeting. 
And I like, I even said to Dave, I was like, <laughs> imagine she just like, hi, this is so-and-so with so-and-so security. Um, uh, sorry about earlier. I was fucking with you. Like, you know, it's just like, because it just, it turned silly. It just made me want to make a joke because it turned silly. It's like, we know the first phone call was not real. We know it was the entity, whatever. I don't know. It was just so stupid. I thought it would have been funnier if you did the other way too. Or it's like, sorry, Rose, I got disconnected. Did you look behind you? No? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now look behind you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's, so yeah. It, That's it, some Brock Shadow humor. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. Uh, Please but, hold while I put you on speaker. For me. <laughs> 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 that is a funny bit. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they, th- th- what this turns into is, you know, the husband comes home. She's talking to the police. She's like, oh yeah, it's nothing. Now the cat is missing. The cat's missing. The cat's the missing. cat's name is Mustache, by the way. The cat's name is Mustache. They have mentioned this multiple times because she's it, like, "Have you seen Mustache? Have you seen Mustache?" Right. I can't find Mustache anywhere. So and now it's we almost know like the cat's name is fucking Mustache. Yeah, which it feels to me just like, look how quirky we are for naming our cat Mustache. Isn't that so cute? But that's what's funny is the cat goes missing. So now she's outside going Mustache. <laughs> so imagine being her neighbor, and just hearing someone on the balcony going Mustache, Mustache. Mustache, just like screaming mustache. That is so funny to me. I'm like, I bet you regret your little quirky fucking name now. Anyways. Uh, So they go from, you know, this sequence to her seeing her therapist, right? So like, okay, you know, she's a good therapist. She's a good psychologist. She would have her own therapist as you're supposed to. And she goes to her therapist. This is good. And this is the part that I kind of didn't like about this scene. It's that she, she, we, I had already discovered or you know realized that her mom killed herself with pills and that she saw her dead right and then they bring it up in the scene and it, i'm kind of like okay now we're being forced for the information for the dummies who didn't get it earlier you know i was like right. oh, like here we go she's like you sure you haven't dealt with your own mother's suicide and when she killed herself and you saw her when you were nine and then that's the reason why you're having a psychotic break and why you wanted to become a therapist because it's like it's like right. it's almost that moment not know? only is it condescending to the audience but it's condescending to say that to a fucking therapist like a, to a psychologist oh i haven't thought about the fact that my trauma might have something to do with you know what i mean it's yeah. just like what a basic and then, level of bullshit. And of course she's like, yeah, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to tell you I need drugs. Uh, and so she like asks for a prescription and she's like, no. Uh, so we move on. She looks for the cat again. And then right after she looks for the cat comes the, the birthday scene. So earlier her sister invited her to a birthday party. The night that, you know, the alarms went off in her house, she was wrapping the present that she bought for her uh, you know, nephew, which was a little train set, and when you saw her buy it and then put it in the box and then give her the box, and then her, she wraps the box later. So now she goes to the party. The tone of this scene, the colors are way brighter. There's something very childlike about it. I mean, it's a kid's birthday party, so that tracks. Here's, Look, your, guys. here's your attempt to return to normal. Right. Look, this scene. Is something that I saw coming from a mile away. I don't know. I felt like everyone else did too. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, you have a cat that's missing and you never saw her actually put the train set in the box and wrap it. Right? Right. What do you, I mean, it's a horror movie. Everyone who knows if there's an animal in a I'll horror movie. three guesses. <laughs> right. So it's just like. I see this coming, and that's why I'm describing it this way because I I can't describe it like oh you're never gonna guess you know it's just like it it the scene just did not hit for me 
it was really funny. It got really comedic. I'm sorry. Like, because what happens is the, the kid's opening presents. He finally gets to his aunt's, his aunt Rose's present. He opens the box and he looks hor- horrified. And for he, a long time, for a he while, looks at a long time. And then he pulls out, you'll never guess. A the mustache. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, in it's, some it's Schrodinger's cat. It's Schrodinger's cat. But no, this is, again, when we talk about being force-fed information, he pulls out a dead cat that looks exactly like mustache, the one that was missing, and then there is a close-up shot. Well, not even that. Then the main character recognizes her cat, grabs it, starts crying immediately at the sight of her dead That's cat. That's right, yeah. And then they do this cut to then close up. Close up of the, the collar that says mustache. So you know. That's the cat. This is her the cat, cat from earlier. Yeah, it's like, we get Jesus Christ. We fucking like, know. But that's when this goes really like, it just goes so comedic to me because now she's like, I didn't do this. Everyone's looking at her like, this crazy ass fucking bitch. Okay. And then like, but yeah, she just starts going, you know, nuts. And she's like, I didn't do this. I'm not crazy. And, and then the girl who asked her for advice earlier is now sitting in the chair, smiling at her. Oh, yep. They're here. And which makes her fall backwards through a glass table like the WW fucking E. It was I I wish it, it was, wasn't funny. That's what I'm saying. It's physical comedy, dude. Like it reminds <laughs> me of like Zach Galifianakis. He's one of the best physical like comedic actors, in my opinion. It just was so it was just naturally funny. So when she falls through this table, like I said, I wish it wasn't funny, but it just inherently is it is and then she looks at her arms which by the way i've seen videos of people crash through glass tables rarely does this ever happen but she looks at her arms and she has glass like all up in her arms and and she's she's completely fucked up she just starts screaming out of her mind and then cut to she's in the hospital they're patching her up and it looks like she slit her wrist so i think that was kind of the point of that it's like it's like the people who haven't seen her yet when you, you know, saying when it cuts back to her, it looks like someone who slit their wrist. And right, because they were already worried that she was starting to become a danger to herself. So, yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah. And like I said, like in these trauma wards, what you typically run into are people who are either homicidal or suicidal. So now is she a danger to herself and others becomes a major part of this movie. Right. Yeah. Especially considering her mom had the same problem. Right. So when she tells her boyfriend or her fiance, Trevor. For the first time, tells him what she's been seeing and what's been going on with her and why she can't stop thinking about this chick. He's like, what the fuck, you crazy fucking bitch? Yeah. I can't be around someone like you. I, 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 I went out here and I, I dedicated my whole life around you and you're just a fucking psycho? Yeah. And I'm just like, like, I don't know. I was like, dude, this comes out of nowhere. You're not trying to help her at all. You married this girl knowing that, you know, trauma can run in the family and that mental health issues can run in the family. And it's like... If you know that your significant other, when you start dating, might may or may not have mental health issues, you have to make a decision. Am I willing to be an ally and supportive in this relationship or am I not? And this guy just came off as a total piece of shit in the scene. He did. But the reason I can like the reason that I can empathize with him in the scene is because because Michelle's a psycho, <laughs> crazy person. <laughs> Is because I've lived it. <laughs> no, I, I, to me, I don't think it's, I, I don't think he gets enough credit in this scene for being scared of her. I, could I see would, that. I, he's probably fears for his life. He has to go in this fucking house and sleep in the same house as her and fall asleep, like in her, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, surveillance. Yeah. No fucking way. No way. So, like, I think that, that fear, 
is what motivates a lot of his like, what the fuck are you talking? Like, he's just like, I think he's scared of her. And I think that that's fair. I, uh, but I do also think it, a little support would be nice. A little bit of like, just willingness to listen. Because she's like, hey. Because earlier he does this, me, the right thing. He does the, uh, do you want solutions or support? You know, like that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Which I think is really important in relationships is like having that conversation. Do you want solutions to your problem or do you want support? And he does this earlier in the movie, not in those exact words, but it's like, it makes you feel like, okay, this character is a good communicator. He lives with a therapist. He right. would be a good communicator. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, we don't know what he does for a living or anything like that. But it's like yeah. there's no way you don't. But again, live in this relationship and have yeah. some kind of groundwork of of what this needs to be. But I don't think again. You you just said so much character development, backstory, all this stuff. I don't think the fucking writers gave a fuck about any of that. Right. So it's like, this is another part of his not even one dimensional character, which is, hey, we need you to turn on her for the script's sake. Okay. Yeah, because that's going to send her to crazy town. Exactly. You know, even more. Um, so basically what, but we, this is what where, we need is for her to have no support. So this yes. sequence after this, this nighttime sequence comes one of the 70% and then a moment of 30% back to back. I'm going to start with the 70% and then Daniel's going to go through the 30%. Okay. So here's the, so she wakes up in the middle of the night cause she can't sleep. You know, she's thinking about all this stuff. So she goes to the guest bedroom with her laptop <laughs> and she goes and pulls up the police report of the, you know, the girl who killed herself at the beginning of the movie and what she was brought into the thing for originally, which was she witnessed somebody kill themselves. Well, she looks up the name of the person who killed who who the girl, so she's on the police report highlights the name of the person that the girl said she saw kill himself and his name was like what was it Gabriel uh, yeah Gabriel something, something or something yeah. and then so she he she, yeah she highlights a highlights piece the name, of this police report highlights the guy's name pulls up Google. And then types in manually. <laughs> types in manually. Gabriel Munoz. Yeah. And it's Gabriel. like, wait, did she was she not highlighting that to, to copy, copy and paste? I I I and literally I said, this bitch is a doctor. Yeah. Dave in the theater, Dave looks over and goes, This bitch is a doctor. And I literally looked at him and I go, Control C, control F. I like that. I don't know control why. Control F, yeah. I don't know. You got why. it. You know that. Control I mean, control V. <laughs> yeah, it was just like it's like you don't have to have a ton of knowledge of computers right, to, right, to do right, that. Right. But if you were a doctor, you know how hard medical school is. Like you would exactly, learn exactly, exactly. <laughs> you would learn copy and paste. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> after she manually types in this guy's name and all the, the silly uh, computer logic, whatever, um, it comes a scene that should have really, really worked um, because the the buildup and the tension was so creepy to me. I. Myself, I will go ahead and I'll just come out about this. I have a legit fear of the dark. When she, we know that little pussy. <laughs> when she, we know little bitch. <clears throat> so this scene is <laughs> so scary to me because there is a completely dark bathroom uh, attached to the bedroom. The door is open. You can't see anything inside. Just barely, barely, you can see some kind of you know light. And some, like, human, you know, noises, like, little whisperings and stuff are coming from the bathroom. I don't understand the motivation behind this choice, but whatever. The main character turns all the lights off and just is like, all right, I'm just going to go to bed. I, I essentially, is like, I'm going to make everything even darker. Um, but then she's, I, like, she's essentially going, I'm just going to roll over and pretend this is not happening. I think, you know. 
and think then, it's also part of her just being a therapist and being like, okay, this is not real. This is not real. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, let's, let's so, ignore it, you know? Yeah. Um, so she rolls over and it starts to get more clear now. It was her mom's voice, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. So it's her mom's voice, but it, the audio mixing is great because it's just so quiet. It's so quiet, but loud enough for you to hear. And it's just going, she's saying her name. She's going, Rose, Rose, come here, come here. Help me. Just from the from this dark... And that scares the shit out of me. Because that's an irrational fear that I have. That is why I need the light on. Because if, if I just see a dark, empty closet, I'm like, what if someone's in there? What if someone's watching me? What if I hear someone... You know, what if I hear a voice? Like, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I just yeah. think about that and, all the time. What I think is interesting about, you know, this the scene is that... You know, again, I, I'm not going to lecture about film in every episode. But I think that's... You know, it's something that I can bring to the table. It's like, I classify two elements of a horror movie you have horror and then you have scary and sometimes there are elements that are horror but they're not scary and so like gore is horror right if you have like a lot of gore really good gore that's a really good part of horror and then you have scary and so like in this movie it has elements of both right like i said it, it, it's remind, it, it's very reminiscent reminds me of a lot of other movies this moment in this movie is scary it's actually scary. And like, even when the mom walks out of the, the, you know, bathroom a little bit and is like, you know, it, it, presenting herself in the way that, you know, spoilers, she'll present herself later in the movie is so scary, even though it's not, you know, horror. And I know horror, it's like, you know, it comes from the word horrify, like whatever. But like that part of that movie, I was like, like, look at how scared you can make me, someone who watches horror movies every day and starting from September 1st to October 31st. And, you know, like how scared I can get without a phone ringing, without a car horn, without, you know, what I'm saying any of this bullshit. Right. You know, it's just like, like, like I, I, that's why it frustrates me when people take the easy road to get plebs. It's like if I was making a horror movie, you know, my goal is not to lower myself to the lowest common denominator of horror fans. Like, you know, and I know not everyone is trying to do that, but it's like when you see stuff like this scene in this movie, you go, Oh, these guys are good at this. They could be really good at this. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's why it's like, it's not frustrating because it's, you know, bad or whatever. Like when they do the cheap stuff, it's frustrating because I know they could have done better because I, because of scenes like this. Right. So here comes the next like whole second act of this movie she goes to her ex-boyfriend cop okay they start to investigate this what they learn is that it's a series it goes this person killed themselves in front of someone and then that person killed themselves in front of someone and that person killed themselves in front of someone and so on and so on i love this in movies too where the 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 main character tells the detective Hey, you know, there's kind of a sequence here. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you're like, you're a detective. Right. Did you not look up any of it? Like, it's so funny. Well, not just that. Okay, here's something else I hated about this scene. This is part of the 70%, 100% for me. This guy is helping her. Look. She's like, hey, I need you to look up this other case, whatever. This guy looks up and he goes, oh, shit. What the fuck? And he, like, covers the screen because there's a photo of the girl who killed themselves. I'm like, aren't you a homicide detective? <laughs> Like, don't you see that on a daily basis? Wouldn't you like, I don't know. It's like, like he showed up to the suicide earlier of the girl who slit her throat and he didn't seem phased by that at all. But then the picture of the, I'm like, anyways, point is they, they find the pattern. The problem with this is that she goes and tries to tell all the people in her life, Hey, I found a pattern. 
Like this, there's an actual yeah. explanation right. keyword, for what's going yeah, on. I know where you're going with this. The keyword is she tried. Right. What she ends up doing is going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is the best. She goes to tell her sister, right? Because she's like, I found a pattern. Here's some proof. Here's some proof that I'm not crazy. Her sister gives her the time of day, comes out on the porch. Her move. This is her move. Here, what would you do in this situation? You would probably go. I'll go. <sighs> gather myself. Listen, right. I found that there's a pattern to this. Right. So the girl who I saw mm-hmm. in the thing, boom. She said mm-hmm. that this guy. Right. Exactly. You're explaining. Here, what does she do? Here's what she does. Closes the door. All right, Rose. What? What's going on? What? What? She opens. <laughs> she opens. <laughs> The manila folder of files and goes, look at this fucking dead body with her eyes gouged out. <laughs> and she's like, Rose, what the fuck are you showing me? Get the fuck off my porch. Like, just like, Immediately. what are you doing? Yeah. And then that's when it turns into your like, yeah, like you said, it's <laughs> no, but, but then they kill. And, but, and then, um, and they, and she looks yeah, insane. So looks frustrating. Watch, it's like, yeah. it, 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 she can't keep her emotions in check at all. So at one point, so this like during the whole investigation sequence, you know, like, yeah, like, the, like Daniel said, like that happens, right? You know, she goes and talks to the first person, right? The first person that the her patient said that she saw kill himself. And she goes and finds his widow, right? And so, like, I told Daniel this. I was like, I, like she lies to the girl and says, I'm a reporter, so I want to talk to you about this. And I'm like, okay. And then she comes later and she's like, your husband wasn't crazy. He saw... Like, I see what he sees. And then she's like, get the fuck out, you crazy bitch. You're going to, you know, whatever. She did not have to lie. She could have just said, "Hey, I'm a psychiatrist, and I'm studying I, I what happened to your husband." Yeah, I thought that was so. And weird. then she, and then that line then becomes not a get the fuck out when she says, "What are you, some kind of nut job? You're not a reporter at all." Because if she says, "I'm a doctor, I'm a psychiatrist, I'm studying what happened to your husband. I've had other patients have similar psychosis. Can I talk to you about what happened?" And then she says, "Your husband's not crazy. Other people have seen the same thing. This is a common." medical blah 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 you know whatever and so it's like yeah then this woman can actually get some fucking closure out of the situation instead she just pisses her off and then ruin like anyways it just makes her relive her husband's fucking suicide yeah this main character is she for a doctor she's real fucking that's what stupid. i'm saying it's like <laughs> main characters have already have always you know had to there, there's been a a lot of movies that have very frustrating main characters where you're like, you are so, you are doing the worst option. Barbarian. But when you are, when your character is supposed to be top of the line smart and, and a doctor and you're doing that, it's like even more frustrating. It really, yeah, it just, it was really bad logic. So the, at the end of the scene with her talking to her sister is when you get the neck bent scene that you've probably you, seen yeah, on Twitter. You get the viral part, um, which would have been a lot better if I hadn't seen it. It would have been cool. It would have hit a lot harder, whatever. Um, but the point of this pattern is they find someone that has not died. They are like, okay, there's the been. token survival. Exactly. Survivor. And so she needs, she's like, I need to talk to this guy. She goes to the prison to go talk to this one guy who, who lived. She's like, how did you do it? How did you break the, the curse? And he's like, well, essentially he goes, well, instead of letting it get to me and me killing myself, I just fucking killed someone. And gave it to them. And so... So here you get your rules of the mods. Exactly. Right? You get your in rules. order to get rid of the thing, like, you know, like, it, same thing in It Follows, it has a rule. In order to get rid of the thing, you have to make someone else experience a traumatic sequence, and yeah. then that thing follows them. So the way the thing does that is makes you kill yourself in front of someone. That's a very traumatic experience for anyone who would experience that. So instead of doing that, this guy killed someone's wife in front of him. 
Right, his neighbor. That, that's he's, how he passes he, it. He says, I pass it to my neighbor. Um, and so Rose is like, I'm not going to do that. You're fucking insane. Um, but, you know, the next couple of scenes is her, is her. She gets ambushed by the therapist. Oh, uh, I forgot about that. Husband. Oh, no. I forgot about that. We have to talk about the therapist scene. So she gets kind of ambushed by her husband or fiance and the therapist. And she's like, oh, fuck this. I'm leaving. She goes back to the hospital that she works at. And then you actually get a fucking bullshit dream sequence again. God damn it. This, this one was bad. Sequ- and this was, one was bad. This one was goofy. Um, she, this, none of this happens. None of this actually happens. This is her imagining it. Right. But you find that out later, but she goes into the hospital. She's hiding a knife in her sleeve, which the means best way to, to hide a me knife. And Dave obviously. were just laughing. So I was laughing we're talking so like hard a at kitchen this. knife. She has like a yeah, like a sushi, a, a sushi chef grade knife. This really expensive looking like Japanese knife. She hides it in her hoodie sleeve by putting it blade facing the body into her hoodie sleeve. While well, literally shows her front seat and she has a purse. And then I was looking over it and I was like, there's no other way to hide it. Yeah. This is the best way. It was just so, and she's wearing a jacket over a hoodie. So she has all these compartments and different places to hide it. And she's like, I'm going to, it reminded me of a Cheddar Bob in 8 Mile, how he has his gun just like in his waistband and, and then, then he, he shoots, shoots himself, himself in the, in the fucking leg. dick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, she goes into the, the hospital. She goes to Carl, the kind of crazy guy that she's dealt with. And she... <laughs> She she goes in and he immediately is like, no, 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 no. Like he knows what's going on. She puts him in the corner and then she's about to do something. But then Dr. Morgan comes in. He's like, whoa, Rose, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And then she kind of just looks at him and then is like, fuck it. And just starts stabbing yeah, the shit out of Carl. witness, right? Right. So, she, yeah, she's she's p- passing it on to Dr. Morgan by stabbing Carl. But then so Carl's she's, not dying. Yeah, Carl's not dying. And he, starts he starts to, smiling. starts to smile but with blood coming out of his she mouth. she turns back to Dr. Morgan. <laughs> yeah. And, and like grabs, an Eric Andre uh, street bit. He grabs <laughs> the top of his face and rips his fucking face off. Rips his face off. Which, really well done. I'll say that. It just, it, it was well done in the sense of like, I don't, it just was goofy to me. It was, it reminded me of Eric Andre. It really did yeah. because Eric Andre has a bit. Hey, does he this look weird? Hey, does this look okay to you? And he rips his and, scalp, yeah. Um, but then, but then she jolts awake and she's in the jolts car away, and she actually car. didn't go in there and do that. Dr. Morgan comes out. He sees her. He sees that she has a knife in the car. He's like, whoa, I think you should probably stay for some observation or something. And she's like, fuck you. I'm out of here. Because what she realizes is that, you know. If she does, if she's not around anyone, then she can't be killed, right? And I kind of realized this too. I was like, at a certain point, I was like, bro, and, you know, we live in Colorado. I'm like, just go to the mountains, you'll be fine. Like, you know, so you'll be perfectly yeah. whatever. But no, she goes home, and you know, while she's getting like everything together to leave the house, uh, I believe this is when this happened. I could be wrong about this. We the movie's kind of all over the place, and we're kind of all over the place. But basically, she goes home, and she gets a call from her therapist. She hangs up the phone, but then the therapist shows up at the house. And then you get a hilarious sequence. This is where what we were talking about. This is where, okay, if you can't do a creepy smile, you shouldn't be cast as someone in a movie that has to do a creepy smile. That's that's really not that crazy of a, of a concept. But here's what happens. The therapist starts talking to her one-on-one. She's like, I'm sorry about the ambush. I'm sorry about that. We should have done it differently. I'm so sorry. Let's Let's chat it out a little bit. And then Rose gets a phone call. From her actual therapist. From her therapist. So the same bit that they did earlier. About exactly. the, the fake phone call, fake person, whatever. Right. 
And this one works a little bit better because it's like it is a little kind of cool, I guess. But it turns into really bad and goofy because, okay, she gets a call from her actual therapist. Oh, shit. That means this person, this, you know, person pretending to be my therapist is the entity. The actress who plays the therapist tries to do a creepy smile and it is it just I'm sorry, but completely, not even objectively, it is just goofy looking. It is not yeah. scary at all. There's a big all. chunk of that 70%. Right. Um, it is really bad. And then she starts like... For, for those of you who know Daniel and his friends, she's doing Petri Face. Yes. If you if you are a listener and you know what Petri Face is, she does the Petri Face. And, um, and it gets even worse because then she's like, hi, Rose. And it's like a... Goofy voice, and it's not good. It's not good, and it's just like it's giving too much of the monster. Yeah, and then you know what? This is a good podcast for bringing up like, oh, here's what a horror movie did that was well done, right? Think about the witch when you finally hear the devil speak through the goat. Oh, and it's so impactful. It's just a whisper. It's a low. That's not. You know, it's not this really cartoony shit. It is literally like, yeah. You know, I mean, this was better than bap 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 bap. Uh, yeah, we'll take this over. Go listen to Barbarian if but, you haven't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just it gets really goofy, and that now she's chasing her down the stairwell. She puts her hand on her throat. Yada yada yada. Gets in her face, spits on it. So she's like, as we said, she's learned that oh, if she goes somewhere where no one is there, then you know whatever. So as, yeah. as soon as she says this, I know exactly where she's going because they mentioned it earlier in the movie that they still haven't sold the mom's house. Right. So she goes to the mom's house and there's no one there. Then you get the, the house is really creepy, by the way. The house is really creepy. Incredible setting. Yeah. And she can't find a flashlight, but she finds a fucking oil lantern. Sure. Right. Who the fuck has an oil lantern in their house? But whatever. This house also has a bunch of remnants from when they were kids, but also has nothing like a radio or she still is not listening to music on her phone or none of that shit. Of course, she doesn't have her phone on her, which I think makes sense because she's gotten two fake phone calls from the entity at this point. So this is the point where the metaphor is dropped, right? The metaphor of this movie is if you don't deal with your trauma head on, it will follow you for the rest of your life. And even if you do deal with it, it may not be resolved, which is, you know, the said to her to by her therapist, like some, you know, some wounds may take a long time to heal. Some might never heal. So this is where she literally faces her trauma head on by having a, an aberration, you know, whatever of her mother who is talking to her. And what we see is we get this other sequence, a part of that scene from earlier that we didn't see when her mom kills herself, is that she walked in on her mom early. And when she walked in on her mom, what actually happened is the mom said, I made a mistake. I need you to go call 911. And she starts shaking her head no and then runs away. And so it's like, oh, it wasn't just that she saw her mom kill herself. It's that she kind of killed her Could have saved her. Could have saved her. You know what I'm saying? And of course, you know, it's not her fault and that wasn't her choice and she was a 10-year-old girl. And that that's kind of what she tells her mom in this sequence. She's like, hey, I was 10 and I was fucking terrified of you. And she's like, no, you could have saved me and you decided to kill me and blah, blah, And then the mom is wearing what she was wearing earlier when she was in the closet. And then she turns into a monster. Yeah, which... And this is the, the, the It Follows mock that we... Yeah, she turns, about. you know, uh, uncomfortably tall and long and skinny and... She's in this tiny house, so she's hovering just, like, really menacingly. It does work, in my opinion. It's a, it's definitely a little goofy. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's hard not to be. It's a horror movie. But, um, but it, for the same reason it works and it follows, it works in this. Yes, and this, again, um, when I say some video games, this reminded me of a, as Re- a Resident Evil level 100%. Um, 
But um, yeah, she's very towering and scary. And it actually gets better as it goes on as far as the creature design when it starts revealing itself a little more. It actually gets fucking a lot cooler, at least in my opinion, whatever. Um, but it's chasing her around the house and she's like, the, the monster is saying, you can't get rid of me because like I'm, I am your mind. And so I'm too bad. You know, I'm here. But Rose is like, well, no, fuck you because you're in my mind. So that means you're stuck here. Yeah. And she's like, I can heal. It's my mind. It's my mind. You kind of get like a bit of this closure. Yeah. She grabs the oil lantern, smashes her in the head with it and And sets her ablaze. Sets her ablaze. So the monster is set ablaze. Everything's dope. She walks out of the burning house. She has the glow of the fire on her face. It's very triumphant. She's burning down the house that she was still holding on to that she watched right. her mom she die. Is, she is. It's like very, in that moment, it's like very it's metaphorical poetic, yeah. of the fire of like, you know, letting yeah. it go, whatever. And then she goes to her ex-boyfriend slash cop's house. Yeah. Whose Which name I was like, Joel. oh man, remember how we talked in the last episode? Okay, just end it. Yep. You know, just end it. This I was is, like, this is oh, the end of the man, movie. now we got to see what what happens after. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. but so, there's a reason that this happens. Yeah. So this is another dream sequence. Ugh. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's got a bad in, good out kind of thing. Uh, it, it, listen, this is what happens. She goes to Joel's house and she tells Joel like, hey, the reason why we didn't work out is because I was still holding on to this trauma and it wasn't fair to you because as soon as I got comfortable with you and I started telling you about what happened in my life. You know, then I felt uncomfortable again. And so that's why we broke up, whatever. And he's like, which is a motif that I cannot stand in movies. I'm sorry, but this is the most basic, shallow, dumb fucking uh, relationship thing to go. I felt my walls start to drop and I got scared because I just couldn't let you in because I have my guard up and I let my guard down and that was scary. Like, I'm just like, yeah, my and, walls were up. And, 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 and not only were, that, but it's like, it's happening after we've already decided this movie was over for us. Like, yeah. I, I was like so done with this yeah. fucking movie. Anyway. I would have barely cared if this happened in movie and now I did de- like mid movie. And now I definitely don't care because I thought the yeah. movie was over. So but, then she yeah. asked him, can I sleep here for tonight? And you can just watch me while I sleep. And he's like, I watch you i'll watch you forever and then he does the smile his smile is pretty creepy i'll give him that it, i think it only was kind of creepy because it was in the dark i think that if it the was lighting well matters lit, a lot yeah. for this movie yeah um but the other girl's was face cool was creepy the, in full lighting and, right and, she, in, the and in the dark so she nailed it um, the mom's but smile is kind of creepy too in her own right in her own right i think it was creepy when she turned into the yeah monster and had all the pros- prosthetics but um i did like the scene i thought it was kind of cool how the lights just dropped and then you know, it's like without anyone turning yeah. them off. Right? It was like kind of reminded it, me of men for sure. It, it like got the next surreal. Yeah. Yeah. It got surreal. And then she's like, oh shit. And then he starts chasing after her while smiling at her. She opens the door to his apartment, walks out, and she is actually walking out of her mom's, her house. mom's house that we just saw set ablaze. I thought that transition was cool. The I was transition like, this, was cool, this was but cool. the existence of the dream sequence was not cool. Right. Fuck that. It's In like, oh, movie. here we go again. Another thing that didn't actually fucking happen. Yeah. So then she goes... So then she sees Joel. She goes back into the house. The monster mom is still there. The monster mom then rips her face this off. This was dope. To becomes me. a whole monster. This was and at so this, cool. I was like, this made this mom monster worth it. Like the mom yes. monster part, I was like, ugh, this is cheap and this is a ripoff. It's just a cheap copy of what was already cool. This was like an improvement on what men did. I thought this was similar to what men did, but way cooler and way more interesting. And so the, the mom like rips her face off. 
looks really good. Oh my god, the the rip. And yeah, everything. the uh, the prosthetics and like yeah. yeah. And yeah. then it cuts up. And it has side. like a what? It has like seven mouths yeah, like, that are all like smiling with like, sharp again, teeth. This is like something that it tried to do but failed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying just and I'm like, really and, creative and, creature design. Yeah, so cool. Execution is everything. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. It it was all CGI. It was super obviously CGI. You can tell that it was the kind of movie that had a deadline. You know what I'm saying? So they were like just rushing a lot of shit. And so this, like, I don't know. I, I felt like they put a lot of time and effort into this and made this monster worth it. If they did not execute this, it would have been the most like ugly. Like it would have been one of the worst parts of the movie. That's what I think. I yeah. think if they execute this poorly, this would have sucked. And right. it would have just been like, get this out of the movie. But because they did it so well, I really liked it. And yeah. it, like I said, it, it looked like what other people had tried to do, but you know, better. Yeah, and they then you get they they rip their face off. You see their seven mouths, like this crazy cool fucked up creature design. And then they do a side shot of the creature, just massive now, like really really big, completely flesh, like no more you know mom stuff. It is just a creature. It takes Rose's mouth, grabs the top you know top roof of her mouth, grabs the bottom of her jaw, and just rips her shit open. As wide as possible, like a goddamn snake's mouth, and starts crawling into her fucking mouth. And I will say, at this point, I thought it was a little silly at that point. But, again... I thought it was cool, but it did... It went from looking really practical to looking all CGI. Yeah. So that's what definitely killed it for me. The other thing that bothered me about it was it was like, was this supposed to be showing the monster taking over her body? Because mm. the metaphor aspect of it no longer exists for me. That's true. So that's why I was kind of like not super a big part of it. But then Joel comes into the house and he's looking for Rose. And then when he finally finds her, she's literally just standing with her face facing away from him. So you don't see the smile yet. And she's <laughs> holding a, a can of kerosene over her head. And she's like pouring it all onto her head so you know what's going to happen next. Right. She turns around, she's smiling, and she's holding a box of matches. The sequence takes forever, by the way, whatever. She pops the thing out, lights the match, then it cuts the Joel, and it like she doesn't show it. And I was like, okay, so you'll show the fucking monster burning to death earlier, but you won't show this, you fucking pussies. Yeah. And then it zooms in on his eye, and it's, you know, you see her burning like just before, and then. Yeah, you can see her burning in a reflection of so his it's eye. So like she would have survived if and he wasn't there because this monster was right. like, oh, this is my chance because he's here. Yep. So it's like, it pisses me off in that way. But then it's also like, you don't get a happy ending, you don't get closure, you don't get anything. It's like, I'm not saying a movie has to have those things. I'm okay with a sad ending. You know what I'm saying? But at the very least, it's like, it, at the same time, it's still a better ending regardless of earlier when she burns the house down. That's still the better ending of this movie. You know what I'm saying? But I guess it's like, I don't want you to force a happy ending, but I also don't want you to force a sad ending. That's yeah, what it, it felt almost like. felt like they couldn't choose, and so they just did both. I mean, it, yeah. it's kind of weird. Um, yeah, and then boom, smile. It's movie's done. Um, which, and then I said to Dave, "Smile too, say cheese." Um, because and I, I said, did, "Smile too, two D." Because part of me does think like, if this movie does well, they'll do a sequel. I just really think they will. I think that's why they ended it the way they did. Was because okay, now Final Joel had like seven movies. So now Joel has it. That's how it ends is, oh, now Joel has the curse. So yeah, and that's you like, can make a sequel again, if you want. It's like, you know, again, you want to compare this movie to uh, It Follows. It Follows is ambiguous. Yeah, It Follows is a lot more like It Comes at Night, where it's like, is the thing gone or not? And you know what I'm saying? It doesn't really let you know. And that's good. You know, that's really well done ending. This movie needs some work. So 
So, Dan, what, what what's your favorite thing about the movie? What's your least favorite part of the movie? Um, my favorite part of the movie was I really, really liked the creature reveal. I liked when it went from being a tall, fucked up version of her mom to ripping that shit off. And it was like, it was so creative, if anything. And at least to me, it was really terrifying looking. My least favorite part of the movie, I, I, I would have to say either the the fact that we have to have the main character be someone that is so fucking obnoxiously dumb or the music. I just thought the music was so weak and it could have built this movie up so much better. Yeah, I mean, so for me, my favorite part of this movie was the moments of actual scariness. So, you know, the two main ones being during the phone calls, you know, scene where they're like zooming in, and the, you know, the person on the other end is, you know, is the creature, it turns out. And then also, you know, with, with the whispers from the, the bathroom and the mom, it's like those aspects. Oh, and the, when she, the like the very first sequence where she sees the girl who killed herself in front of her in her house, like in the corner of the room, it's like those moments to me, so well done, so much potential for that type of like horror. And that stuff really scares me and I think is really creative. And I think it's harder to do. But then my least favorite part of the movie is the bullshit scary part, which is the the, the cheap jump scares. And th- listen, some jump scares that are valid are still bad, and some of them are still unnecessary. But the ones in this are literally just as cheap as you can get. Phone ringing, car horn, you know, cut to big loud music jump. Someone walks into the room and says, hey, with a big giant music <laughs> jump, and the person yeah. just freaks out. It's like, ugh, I just I can't stand it because it's so fucking cheap, and it just... It plays to the lowest common denominator of the moviegoer. All in all, like we said, you know, the, the, the theme of this episode has been this split, this 70-30 split. 70% of this movie was bad. 30% of it was really good. So for me, my score for it is a 3 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm a little higher on this movie. I would give it probably a four and a half out of ten. I think it was better than stuff like The Invitation. Uh, so- it was honestly really fun to watch a scary movie. I'll say that. I, oh, yeah. I'm I, not like Dave. I don't start I, watching them on September 1st, so <laughs> uh, I'm I'm starting now, you know, so I, it was fun. I was really glad that this was our first movie of the Halloween Spooktacular Month of Horror. Same. Um, so I have no regrets going to go see this movie, but I am excited to see what other people thought Me of this too. movie. We know Me there's going to be a lot on there, so we are going to go online, see what other people thought, see if they had similar opinions or if they had differences of opinions, and we will be right back. And welcome back to the second half of the podcast here. So I have uh, something from the IMDb that I think is worth mentioning and then something that I found on Reddit sorting by controversial. Uh, And the Daniel has two things from the Reddit not sorting by controversial. Yeah. You want to go first? The first thing is that we talked a little bit earlier in the movie about how how heavily this movie was promoted, like to the degree of like pulling stunts, uh, you know, to promote this movie. And uh, what's interesting is that Paramount uh, wasn't originally even going to put this movie in theaters. They were just going to stream it on Paramount Plus exclusively, but they went and did tests for the movie and the reviewers' scores were so high, they were like, oh, we have to do a theatrical release for this. So it's just interesting. It's like, okay, now, like, 
it, there was a lot of promoting for this movie, but I feel like, and tell me if you feel the same way, it did kind of come all at once. So maybe that's what happened. They were like, oh shit, we're doing a theatrical release. We got to promote this movie right now. Um, the other thing that I read, so th- this comment was, like like I said, it's, it's the number one comment that's most controversial. If I had to guess, I would say most people probably enjoy this movie because this person didn't enjoy the movie. But basically they said that uh, aside from the first death and some of the cinematography, I wasn't really impressed. The scares weren't particularly scary. The ending was extremely predictable and unspecial. And for a movie called Smile, there was an extreme lack of smiles, in my opinion. Every scary smile scene was spoiled in the trailer, and the movie missed out on really building the paranoia aspect by focusing on Rose being terrified at innocuous smiles in everyday life. So I, I, I think that this person brings up a good point. First of all, they, they are right. There's not enough smiles in the movie for a movie called Smile. And they all are also right that every smile in this movie is spoiled in the trailer except for the mom and herself at the very end. So those are the only two that I didn't see in the trailer. But, yeah, I get what they're trying to say. Like, in It Follows, there's like, what, a hundred different, you know what I'm saying? It feels like, like several different creatures that the thing is. There's several different... You know, you know, scenes of the thing following them in like in you know normal settings. So exactly what they're saying, like, it, it, wouldn't it be more interesting if she saw people smiling in innocuous settings and got creeped out by it the same way they kind of do in It Falls? I know, you know, they're not exactly trying to do an exact copy of that movie or anything like that, but that's what worked in that movie so well, and that's what was not done in this movie, like at all. There's one scene of that, and it's with the crazy guy, and that is spoiled in the trailer. So. Yeah, just just it was there wasn't enough for me to feel like she was really going crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's like true. It happened when you expected it to happen, and that's yeah. They spent too much time on just boring bullshit. Uh, Yeah, so I had a couple I wanted to mention. Um, Someone someone said, "Hmm, I better stand here ten feet away, watching a woman slowly pour gasoline on herself, open a box of matches, pull out the match, light the match, then light herself on fire." Without doing anything to stop her at any point, a trained police officer. Um, (laughs) I brought that up because Dave, you know, had brought up some really good points about some of the logic of this character of he's a homicide detective, but he sees some blood and he's like, ew, ew, gross. Um, But also he's just not well trained. Um, I don't know. It's just that's a job where you need to be you need to think quick on your feet and you need to be prepared for situations. And it's just I don't know. Um, And then, yeah, the other (laughs) The other comedian, I mean the other comedian, the other comment that I wanted to mention was just this. Nice cameo from the barbarian shorty. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) That is weird. We got another tall. So yeah, I I definitely recommend going to go check this one out. Let us know what you thought of the movie if you went to go see it. Let us know what you thought of the podcast. Let us know if you want us to be way shorter next time. Uh, I'm sure that that's what you guys once, but you know, for the Halloween, you know, spectacular yeah. month of horror, I was like, okay, well, well, we can go a little bit longer on this one. Um, we won't do this every week though, so uh, you know, don't worry about Next it. Next episode will be 10 minutes, yeah, 100%. <laughs> What'd you think? It was all right, all right, goodbye. <laughs> Second half, <laughs> other people said it was all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, I, no, I'm excited for this month, I'm excited to uh, to dive into some. Uh, spooky movies. Um, yeah, so, and, and yeah. definitely, if you were not on the Twitter, the TikTok, and the Instagram, get your butts over there because there will be some polls this month. We will have decisions to make. That's right. We only had two movies planned for this month, and 
The first one was this one. The last, next one is the finale. And we're not going to tell you what it is. We're it's building it up and people are going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> I know, right? But, but listen, no, if you thought this episode was long, just wait till the finale of the spooktacular. Ugh, so true. And we will see you guys next week. Ooh, or will we? Or will we? Oh, we will. All right. See you guys. <laughs>